Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Force Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Force Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138 The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. Hello and welcome to Star Wars Counseling on the Force Center podcast feed, the show that believes absolutely every little part of Star Wars is great. From a certain point of view, I am your host. My name is Joseph Scrimshaw. With me is not a small sip of whiskey, as I often have when I am counseling alone in my home. I am not alone in my home. I am with people in Ken's home. I don't need whiskey yet because I have three great guests. Ken Napsok is here in his own home. In my own home, no <laughs> whiskey yet. I actually am really excited to be here. Star Wars Counseling uh, is a special brand of show here for some that you, you do. And I've been on the live shows, maybe a tape one a while ago. Yeah. I I I'm a fan of the show. I, I sit and listen to it sometimes uh, when I was a full-time work uh full, fully employed sometimes now just around the house doing chores because I too need counseling. That's great. Now when I'm recording alone in my home, I am going to peacefully picture you dusting and listening and seeing, <laughs> Well, Ken like this while he's doing his chores and that'll be the bar that I'm that I'm shooting to clear. Good barometer. And we have some great guests with us from Star Wars Explained. We have Alex Damon and Molly Damon. Hello, hey. hello, hello. Thank you both for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having us. I was excited to do this show because I love finding justifications for weird things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you both about that because you work on Star Wars Explained, obviously, the uh, YouTube show where you generally explain things, like you factually answer questions. But do you feel uh, it's part of your mandate to also make people feel better? Yes, I think so. I mean, I want to make sure that people leave after watching our videos feeling good about whatever they watched like uh if someone wants to learn more about jar jar because they love jar jar i'm not gonna sit there and make jokes about and disparage jar jar the whole time i'm gonna treat him like i treat any other subject and yeah i want to make people feel good about whatever it is that they feel good about okay cool then again sometimes people leave even more confused than they <laughs> were to start, so. over over jar jar specifically or just star wars in general just star wars in general <laughs> well like yeah you did that one uh, very recently on solo about hyperfuel and it's a great video but about halfway through you are this very impressing just impressive just shrugging emoji because the truth is and that's all we know yep <laughs> so if you're confused well there you go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Just uh, totally understandable. Do you ever have an instance, though, where somebody is uh, like sending in a request for a video 
and the truth, like the fuel. Like they're looking for something like, please help me make this make sense. And you're like, well, it doesn't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, if that happens, I try to just work it out in my own head. And I am very clear. Like this is speculation on my part based on what we know. This is probably what I think it, this is how I think it could work. Yeah. But yeah, the truth is they haven't given us that information yet. Yeah. So I could be way off, but I try to spin it in the best way that I can. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I'm really uh, happy to have you guys here. I love your channel and I do feel like uh, Star Wars counseling. I, it started just as a lark as a thing to try at Dragon Con really to emotionally make people feel better about whatever part of star wars that bothered them but uh, as people are sending in their grievances a lot of them are like please help me make (laughs) sense of this that's all i want i'm not even mad about it i just want it to make sense (laughs) and i feel like that is totally uh up you uh, you and molly's alley so i'm happy to have you here and uh i want to start by asking you both about a grievance of your own so alex Mm -hmm. molly who would like to start by sharing their star wars grievance um i'll start i think the one that i thought about the most was the traditional phrases in every Star Wars movie that get repeated. Ooh, juicy. That's wow. exactly yeah. the reaction I had when she said that. I was really? like, Ooh, that's good. I don't know. It just like, I, I don't know when it ha- started to happen, but at some point I was like, do they need to keep saying like, this is where the fun begins. I have a bad feeling about this. Do they need to say it twice in the same movie? Yeah. Do you think it's now or never to retire some of those phrases? I mean, I think they're going to. And then we talked about this on the way over here in Solo. They flipped it and he said, I have a really good feeling about this. So yeah. I did like that because it was different. And then it, it like enhances the fact that he's so jaded that he would say something like that and then completely say the opposite in the later movies. But I don't know. It just something about it bugs me okay great let's dig into this uh alex and ken of course i want you to join in in fact you know what why don't you start ken do you have an immediate thought my my immediate thought is i understand where you're coming from i'll start with 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 empathy and compassion yeah that's great for counseling uh, for counseling because i didn't realize i've got a bad feeling about this was a thing until the mid 90s I'd be okay. I it's, I knew it was a line that they said a few times, but the fact that it's considered this thing, I never grabbed onto it because then it seems like you might be wedging something into a story. Now I had fun with K two Esso, almost saying it, but there yeah. it's almost to Molly's point of they're just playing around with it, and maybe it's a little different. And I do like Solo saying I have a good feeling about this. Yeah, but it's completely out, almost takes you out of the story in a good way, not a bad way for me, but just you're like. Oh, that's a real. It checks a box for real world fans. So, I I understand where you're coming from. Coming from number one. So to to maybe make you feel better about it is just uh, uh I I'm I'll still work on that. <laughs> but I think it um <laughs> I, I, it's definitely fun. And I know you're a, a Star Wars fan who likes fun. So I'm I'm trying to appeal no, to that no, side no, of you. Not fun. No, it's yeah, fun she's not me. wearing a Phantom Menace T-shirt at all. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't enjoy all aspects of Star Wars. These are very. Serious movies. Yes. Molly would like the quote, this is where the seriousness begins. (laughs) (laughs) Um, See, I have, it's not my grievance, my, like the Wilhelm scream, I'm fine with it being gone. Yeah. It's a fun movie. It's a Hollywood tradition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's, again, you hear it and I'm almost taken out of the story. Yeah. It's like, all right, they got it. A clone screamed, got it. We're done. Move on with that one. So I don't, to try to make you feel better about it is just to maybe see how can they work it in. Like, I loved Ryan Johnson working it in with BB-8. 
I think I think I really like that, even though yeah. it kind of burned yeah. him a little bit because he had to go on Twitter and be like, it's in the movie. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry. Stop I checked the box. I checked the box. <laughs> so uh, that's where I'd start from. Okay. Excellent. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Have fun with the, the way they're trying to twist it and turn it and still keep it involved. Uh, how about you, Alex? I am the same way. And the, I actually kind of enjoy that they're still including, I have a bad feeling about this, but they're trying to be creative with how it shows up. And BB-8 is a perfect example. K2 getting cut off. I, I like, even though it was still kind of like a, okay, they, like it does take you out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Some of the other traditions, I think, are what bother me more. Like, I was really kind of hoping that we wouldn't see 3PO and R2 in Solo, and I'm glad that we didn't. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. eventually, like mm-hmm. as they get away from the saga movies, like if they were to explore Old Republic, 3PO and R2 can't be there. So right. we need to end some of those traditions anyway. It's time for the traditions to end. Let the past die. Yeah. How do you, in in your mind, Alex or Molly, uh, do you feel like, obviously I've got a bad feeling about this and Wilhelm scream are like things that became traditions of, they must be in a star Wars movie. And now we're seeing those manipulated or changed. uh, And with the Wilhelm scream, you know, the sound editors of last Jedi said, we have a new sound that Mm -hmm. we want to start including. We want people to discover that. So the, the game begins again. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I heard it. Is it a new scream? Is it just like a different scream? Because I think I noticed yeah. something. We we, like we talked about it after Ooh. seeing so the second time. I think I know what it was. And then we were watching Rogue One last night, and I was like, You I think, think you I found the new Wilhelm? I'd ha- the I mean, Wilhelm I have 2. to. 2.0? We have to listen to him side by side. Right. But when Jin crawls up the thing on Edu, yeah, and makes that one stormtrooper fall off the cliff. Yeah, she hates legs. She grabs him by his legs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he that scream sounds a lot like the patrol trooper on Corellia that hits that thing and flips off oh. his bike. Oh, I think that's nice. it. I have a theory about wow. what the scream is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lay it Le- on us. Leia, when she's in the Millennium Falcon and she screams. The Minoc, at the Minoc? You think it is a reprocessed Carrie uh. Fisher? I think they tweaked it, made it sound like they can make it sound sure. male or female. Right. right. Ah, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. That's a huh. little anime scream that Carrie Fisher does in reaction to that Minoc. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of now, I, much like Joseph's naming uh, of that weirdo, as uh, I want that to be the real, <laughs> not Louis Prima, the space version. Uh, I want that to Lilo be Prima. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, the, uh, the tribute to Carrie that's in every other movie that's, for the rest. That'd be awesome. That's beautiful. So uh, do you think some of the, the uh, phrases that are not as iconic, but just getting used a lot, like I would include now or never, uh, Leia says that in Empire Strikes Back, and then it said, I think, uh, three times in The Last Jedi. You can tell that we're still studying for the trivia contest. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, punch well, thanks, it. Thanks for that tip. Yeah, I know. Oh, I'm, I, I'm being really punch mindful it. of what I say to not <laughs> give you and Ken <laughs> even more advantage over me. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I, I spilled that one. Uh, but, you know, there's those things that, like, they're not iconic, like, uh, I've got a bad feeling about this, or Wilhelm scream, but they do start popping up a lot. Molly, would those be included in your grievance? Are you starting to be like, eh, do not say now or never? I, I mean, it depends on how many times it's said in the same movie. Like, Punch It, I realized the second time they said it, I was like, if they say it a third time, I'm going to have a problem with this. <laughs> and they say, punch it. they say Punch It twice in the same scene, in the like same, the yeah, same sequence. Same battle. <laughs> yeah. It's like, mm. But I, I mean, for that one, I'm okay if in the sense of, if, if it's just something that Han says and he's got something he leans on. I have repeatable phrases in my life that I, you know, or me and my girlfriend have a coded language and we repeat the same kind of like, we have this thing, don't you? We say that a lot. <laughs> like that'd be our like thing that Molly would probably hate if she was watching a relationship in movie form. No, kidding. Um, 
So I don't know. You guys have that dividing line, though, where it's like it's just something Han says versus it's something a character needs to say in the movie. Well, I mean, it in The Last Jedi, it's what Poe says it and uh, mm. Connix says it. Right. So two separate people are saying it. And that Very was close just, together. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was more just like they sure are saying punch it a lot. Mm-hmm. But that hasn't gotten to the point where it bothers me yet. And mm. honestly, I haven't even noticed now or never. Okay. So... No, I don't think you anything. will now. Yeah, I, I will now. Thanks. <laughs> Try not to hear it now. All right. So this was all fascinating. But did you offer any counseling to your partner uh, <laughs> about how she could feel better about this? Just deal with it. Gosh, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I hear that a lot. I mean, all right. I'll like, change the podcast to Star Wars. Just deal with it. <laughs> I mean, I would kind of agree that I, I I'd be OK if they retired. Uh, I've got a bad feeling about this because there's only so many creative ways you can find to include it. I would assume. But if they keep getting creative with it, then I'm okay with that too. Yeah. I mean, if they keep putting it in movies, it's just a matter of how many, like we have to keep track of how many times they say it for the next right. trivia <laughs> game that we play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with your, your, uh, grievance in that those things, unlike punch it or now or never, maybe you'll notice them, but those other things are like bingo cards, right? Yeah, and you yeah. don't want to have a bingo card. You, you don't want to feel like, ah, yes, I, I get to yell out in the theater and punch my dauber mm-hmm. because yeah. I heard the Wilhelm scream. It, it has to be in a star Wars movie. And it, like yeah. we said yesterday on Jedi council, like I don't think anything has to be in a star Wars movie. Yeah, and so all of these requirements, I don't think we need them. Yeah, I don't think so. anyone's going to come out of the movie and say, "Wait a second, they didn't say punch it." Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> but they did say it about the Last Jedi. Yeah, and I think that's the big thing yeah. about the the your actual grievance of the the specifically. I've got a bad feeling about this, where they have been aware. Like Force Awakens comes out, and like, yep, it's back. So here's your scream. Here's your. I've got a bad feeling about this, and now that your actual grievance is this little microcosm of everything that is happening to Star Wars. Because to me, Star Wars is about that balance of new and old. And we're really questioning how much of the old do we need to make it still be Star Wars versus how much new getting right down to like, I think that's one of the main themes of the last Jedi of everybody wants, uh, Luke is concerned about the past and Mm -hmm. Ray wants all this information about her past. And she's like, well, I'll take the books, but I'll also push forward and find something new. Right. So I feel like, uh, I guess my counseling would be whenever you hear the, the new twists on it, I, to me, it's, it's the sound of progress. Yeah. It's the sound <laughs> of people wrestling with what is Star Wars? How much of the past can we let go of before mm. we are disrespecting what has come before? And how much of the new can we inject and still keep it? this ancient nostalgia based beloved thing that happened a long time ago. Gotcha. All oh, right. I like that. Can you buy into that? Yeah. Yeah. Buy into I, that? I'm feeling better. I like that. No, I like <laughs> that. Especially with the new versions of it. Yeah. I mean, so, and people can't see yeah. before, before we did this counseling, Molly was just furious. <laughs> oh, yeah. she was flipping tables in Ken's home. <laughs> she threw a, a glass. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just Ewok a, glass. <laughs> a lot of violence. Jennifer's going to be unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> Shouting yeah. Chuda at everybody. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. awful. But I like that. I like that. That's a good lead off hitter there. That's a, that's a, that's a deep, Cut grievance. For that a is lot of a people. solid, solid grievance. A general grievance. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what grievance do you have for us? How can we make you feel better or at least try? Okay, I'm going to go into Attack of the Clones, and it's just one of those things that even when people <laughs> I ask thought you were me, maybe just going to stop there because yeah, a lot of people have problems with Attack, Attack of the Clones. Clones. I like. Um, I'm going to talk about something that people send me, and even I'm like, 
I'm doing my best here. Um, <laughs> but how convoluted the, the creation of the clone army is. Mm. And how, I mean, it kind of bugs me that originally it was going to be Jedi Master Sido Dias, and it was mm. supposed to be like this. It's kind of, we know that it's Sidious, but then there was like a typo and it came out Sifo-Dyas and George was like, oh, I kind of like that more. So yeah. th- that that led to the creation of this new character. Disney needs a plan for all three movies. I was going to say, that's my first bit of grievance. If you ever think Star Wars was planned. <laughs> Sido-Dyas versus Sifo-Dyas. So like, then we have this whole extra convoluted thing where sifo is like this Jedi Master who foresaw the Clone Wars and then he was kicked out of the Order and then he went off on his own and somehow paid for a clone army. Yeah. And it was secret for 10 years, but Sidious found out about it, had him killed, and then he took over. Like, it's so convoluted. Mm. So let's talk about that. Let's yeah. make you feel better about that. Yeah. Now, is this a yearning in your soul to have this explained, to have this make sense yeah i think so okay i think the first step is to let go (laughs) i think it is yeah i think it is never going to make complete sense at least with the information we have like if somebody wanted to go in and and i think i you know i think chuck wendig probably has on twitter i think he's probably had a twitter rant where he's been like i can fix this (laughs) Uh, he did it over luke's plan of return of the jedi i remember oh yes yes and that that one that one's fine to me because i uh, that's just Luke trusting the force. Yeah. Like, hey, you try. Oh, that didn't work. You try. You try. Oh, okay, I'll come in. I'll come in with my lightsaber and wreck shop. All right. I got everything taken care of. Uh, yeah, so I think that uh, the plan mostly makes sense. The bit of logic that I would try to apply to it is we know the Jedi are uh, have a perspective of always in motion is the future and like, well, we're just going to let and wait and see and how this develops and we'll meditate on it. It helps me to imagine that the Sith maybe don't admit it, but they're the same. That the Sith like to brag about their long plan handed down from master to apprentice. But if you imagine Sidious just being like, I am going to create utter chaos throughout the galaxy for decades. And then when an opportunity arises, like I feel like for him is like, what? Anakin fell in love with Padme? Sweet. That'll really work out well for me. I don't think he moved those chess pieces sure. together. You know, and I think if the this big clone army plan, if you look at it more that way, where Sidious is just like, what else, what's going on? What what strings are in the galaxy that I can pull on? Like, what, this weirdo ordered a clone army? I'll pull on that string. Thanks. That's perfect. Yep. Yeah. Teed it up for Sidious, not even knowing it where where i dive into with this because you, you're right uh, it's it's not only a typo i think it's a forgotten thread from george entirely i think he kind of was like oh i have now the war's going and i think feloni and team come back in and kind of tell a little bit of sifidius's story mm-hmm. which is interesting i would so i can't take away the confusion notion from you but i can maybe put this in your head and think this is sifidius is an interesting take uh, on this not gray Jedi, but these Jedis who have a problem with the order and have a problem with their bosses who are like, hey, there's a problem coming. There's a storm coming, Annie. Yeah, we you need can't a- just meditate on this yeah. one. Yeah. We need an army. We need to be able to fight. And then that raises the questions of should the Jedi have been generals of these armies, which has been played a very uh, great, uh, played out very well in um, Marvel's uh, Canaan line with uh, Depa Balaba kind of saying, you know, talking about it. The Mace uh, comic kind of deals with that. Uh, so I like this idea of now you have this messy situation which might have been what Zyphidius was trying to say. And then he gets killed because I think 
Maybe Tyrannus. I think he whispered in a hallway one time to uh, Dooku, you know, hey, here, I hear you leaving the order. I agree with you, man. I got some problems. I got a clone army being built. <laughs> what? Um, and then I think it all happens there. So it's messy, but I like to crawl it that messiness as a statement for where the Jedi Order was at this point in time. As George, uh, as uh, George, as Luke Skywalker would say, they're hubris, they're yeah. failure. Uh, so uh, I, that's where I approach it. Did, yeah. you, did you read the Darth Plagueis book? I did. Because that like Sifo and uh, Dooku were actually like pretty tight. In that yeah. book, so I, I, it's it might the, be onto something. Might there. be onto something. That's yeah. where that's where I s- assumed he got the funds. I think he got them from Dooku. Yeah, yeah the Count Dooku's, of Sereno. Yeah, yeah, nice and rich. Yeah. So Molly, how do you feel about <laughs> that's this? That's actually a great point. I never thought about that. I've told you that before. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Star Wars and maybe marriage. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I think about it, I think about it as like this whole other thing that's happening in this galaxy that we feel like we know everything about but also there's tons of stuff we don't know what's happening like the outer rim there could be Mm. crazy stuff going on out there and then obi-wan finds out about the clone army and it just opens up a whole nother story for like Mm. future star wars content so you could just think of it like that and like the idea that there's just all this stuff going on outside of the stories that we're seeing and being told that haven't been told yet. That's true. I mean, another question I get a lot is, uh, why did Darth Vader stop Boba Fett from shooting Chewbacca? Yeah. And the answer I usually give to that is like, Darth Vader has his reasons and we don't need to know them. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sure he has a reason and it was just not important yeah. to the story and all. And I guess that's kind of the same thing. It's like, yeah, of course there's a reason for mm. all of this out in the galaxy that we just don't know. What makes it a little weirder is that we do know a lot about that situation and it's still just so kind of mind-boggling. Maybe yeah. he wants a pet Wookiee. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll take this up on another episode of Star Wars Counseling because we'll get, we'll get way spiraled off. I, I think to, to tag on to Molly's point here, like think of the video you're going to have one day. How Sifo-Dyas got his money from Count Dooku. <laughs> Star Wars Explained dives into how Count shared the money. Yeah, so for your grievance, uh, just so I can dial down a little bit, it's the creation, the initial creation, or how all of this comes to a head in Attack of the Clones? Uh, I think it's more the storytelling aspect of it and Mm. just the idea that it was born out of a typo. And I feel like even though the original one, like Saito Diaz, is like, okay, you're barely hiding your identity. (laughs) But it's just more simple and it feels more right for the story. So it's like the presentation of it was Mm. just confusing. Yeah, and then they just added this extra layer of confusion about this character that we've never met or heard of until uh, the Kaminoans tell Obi-Wan about him, and you're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I would agree. If if it was Sidious himself, that's direct. That's his plan. His Phantom Menace plan is, I'm going to start a war against myself. So that makes sense. But that's, so that's where one of the big Gaffs. That's why I think George and it was like, ah, I forgot that. No, well, yeah. Um, but that's why I do kind of like that. Sidious is like, what's going on? Like he's got young Galley Rex uh, on Jakku guarding something. He's got the contingency plan. He's got this. He's got Sentinel droids. He's got a lot of different things. Yeah. Uh, so that's where I would dive into in that little head cannon thing. Like, I mean, I, I do cool. like that. that it, <clears throat> I, I guess I hadn't looked at it from that mm. perspective. That yeah, Sidious is just keeping an eye on everything, and he's like. 
I can use that. I can use that. I mm-hmm. like to picture him in like a big kitchen, like he's on a reality TV show. <laughs> and he's like, got this simmering over here. And like, oh, that came to a boil. I feel like the clones are even like that, that he knows he wants to get this war going eventually because that's what's mm-hmm. going to tear the galaxy apart. And that's going to make the Jedi do things that are going to corrupt them and literally start to cloud their ability to see. And I think that, uh, I don't think, I know a lot of people have concerns and someday I'll dive in on Star Wars counseling with, exactly what all of Dooku's motivations are in Attack of the Clones of like he's the desire to uh, kill Padme for the Nemodians makes sense on some level because also they don't want her to succeed in not in stopping the bill to create the you know the uh, the Republic Army and then but that's mostly for the Nemodians but then also you probably shouldn't be doing this right now since it's exposing the existence of the army. So did you want the army to be discovered right now? And I like the idea that it is just all of these parallel tracks and just, that this is just a happy couple of days for Sidious is like, damn, <laughs> this is all coming together. Perfect. And I'm so happy about it. I, I imagine there's a conversation that Zyphody has had up in that council room with Mace and Kiati Mundi, Opo Rensis. And he's up there and he's like, guys, without these Gungans, we might've lost this thing without this kid flying in. And you rejected them. We need an army. And they're like, army, we do not need. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. And that him just kind of huffing around. He doesn't have a cape. Maybe he does at that time. <laughs> like, huff. And he, I'm starting my own army. And here you got Senator from Naboo going, ooh, ooh, okay. Now the Chancellor. Ooh, ooh. He's, he's tied into stuff going on. Was the clone army secret? Does Obi-Wan stumble onto it? Sure. Absolutely. But yeah. Chaos is a ladder. Ooh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Planning your Game of Thrones uh, quotes to support uh, Sidious, right? Yeah. The other thing that I would say uh, on a more meta level is I think Attack of the Clones in general is such a great touch point to say there's a, there's a part of Star Wars DNA to me that will never go away no matter what in that it is built on B-movies and it is built on sort of um, the genius and the hubris of George Lucas. And like from one perspective, yeah, I created a, a massive plot complication because I randomly fell in love with the typo <laughs> is so like, come on, man, like get, get your stuff together. But then at the same time, it's so much more open and flowing and just be like, hey, why not? That lit something in my mind. So I'm just going to yeah. follow that bliss. So it's sort of like that <laughs> little bit of that uh, dark side, light side balance within George. And there's just so much in Attack of the Clones that is unapologetically B-movie. I think even down to some of the more wooden acting choices where it feels like this Attack of the Clones is just this stew of true B-movies that George Lucas is like, (laughs) yes, I love all this stuff. And I keep throwing it in. And also it just seems like Attack of the Clones is a movie where he fell in love with just telling whatever he wanted to. You know, and he, you, you know this well. He's got all those great quotes about like, all the stuff he had planned for Revenge of the Sith, that uh, he was going to have seven battles on seven worlds, he was going to finally tell this story and do more with Boba Fett's wanting revenge and explain the whole Sifo-Dyas thing, and oh, how do you become one with the Force? I'm going to explain, oh, whoops, oh, I have to tell Anakin's story. Yeah. Whoops, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, and I think the whole Sifo-Dyas, Sifo-Dyas is a part and parcel of that, of remembering that this strange old man at this point, George Lucas, uh, is a, a kid in a sandbox playing with mm-hmm. his toys, and he got so excited to play with his toys, they added in another toy that made no sense, <laughs> so he could just keep playing to the point where he ended up like, I don't have room to tell my story, so 
I'll spend my own personal money to make an animated series. <laughs> so I can that. tell those stories. Yeah. In season six. Yeah, yeah, in season six. Hey, Silman, now everything makes sense. Yeah. We all introduced the character of Silman, <laughs> who was flying around with Saifa Diaz, yeah. right? When he got yes. shot down by the Pikes. The yeah. Pikes. Yep. Bring yeah, it all back to Silman. Absolutely. Solo. So I, that, that to me is just like, I, I hope that Star Wars... Um, never leaves a little of that i want i want the movies to be planned out i want them to know generally where they're going right. but i don't want them to lose that uh, sense of just excitement and adventure and improvisation and what if what if and you know when you ask the question what if sometimes the answer is wouldn't it have been better if we did that <laughs> yeah. or not did that you know but it's still i think a great question to ask instead of just being like no this is the way it is yeah I like it. Good one. Good grievance. You two for two with grievances here. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, now we can dive into a grievance that has been sent in unless you, I didn't ask you to come up with one, Ken. I have. I, yeah. But I see a little bit of grievance in I, your eyes. Maybe I have. And I don't know you, if you've really discussed this one yet, it's a last Jedi timeline issue Ooh. that creates an interesting change in a character for me. Ooh. And it's one of my, you know, least favorite parts of last Jedi and a movie that I love. And it's the Maz Kanata part. Have, mm. you, have, you, have you ever really taken a dive into that on counseling? Uh, no, I haven't. And okay. I, but I rewatched Last Jedi this morning, and I think I know where you're going. So she, you know, I'm glad she's there. I'm glad. In the get, movie. We get, yeah. yeah, I'm glad we get to hear Lupita Nyong'o come in and, and do this excellent character and all that kind of stuff. Because I do, really do like Maz. Um, she's settling a trade dispute. Okay, funny. She's... Union dispute. I shouldn't say trade dispute. I was thinking about uh, the <laughs> um, A union dispute. She's shooting. It's funny, and it's kind of joking. It's a fine scene. She's got sexual innuendos about the uh, master code breaker. It's all good. <laughs> Barely an innuendo. But the, di- <laughs> yeah. the timeline is just a couple days after she loses her castle, and perhaps a lot of her staff uh-huh. are dead. Yep. And people talk about Beckett not grieving enough for Val <laughs> and Rio. He's crying at a gravesite when they find him. Yeah, which we will be talking about yes. soon on, on council. Um, how does Ma, how do we justify what headcanon is needed to say that Maz is just moving on in life? She was going to close the castle anyways. What is it? Yeah, well, I'll jump to Molly's counseling that she just gave Alex. I think yeah. this is definitely one that you must first embrace as, great, that's more storytelling opportunity. Because <laughs> my immediate reaction yeah. is you have to assume that the castle is not Maz's one true place, mm. one true love. And it kind of had been presented that way in Force Awakens. Like sure. everybody goes to the castle because Maz is always there because she lives there because she's had that place for a thousand years. And then like, well, if she's settling a trade dispute or not a trade dispute, yeah. damn it, a union <laughs> dispute that you assume is her union workers. Right. She must. I mean, it, does Maz have a chain of castles <laughs> across the galaxies? Yeah. Do we know how old she is? She's a thousand years old. So. Okay, so she's she's been around the block a few mm-hmm. times. We don't know what else she's got out there. I'm sure that's like one of many castles. I, or she was just like, well, I'm fine with that. I was going to remodel anyways. <laughs> let's let's go take care of this this yeah. other problem. I figure that she, yeah, she's a thousand years old. She's described as a pirate queen. So I think she's off adventuring at least half the time. She probably isn't always at the castle and she's like, well, oh, well, I got my ship. I'm off. Like, I think she's got her fingers in a lot of different yeah, what's the what's the term for that? Pies, Pies? yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See how all the Star Wars information is uh, like forcing real human words yeah. out of our yeah. vocabulary. Yeah, I don't know how to talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I like I like I like the idea that she's got a Chili's and a Chili's two at the Atlanta airport. That she's <laughs> yeah. moving things around. 
been and, around. Yeah, the Forces of Destiny episode where she uh, suggests that Leia's problem is, hey, take that bounty hunter over there's armor because it looks like it'll fit <laughs> and that'll be awesome. She's not at the castle, right? So true. What is she doing? True. She'll be out there being a pirate queen. Pirate queen. Pirate queen. Mm. Now, how do you, I'll put this to all of you, how do you feel about, uh, obviously there were the deleted scenes where uh, we had been led to believe that she did go and meet back up the resistance. Oh, right. Um, I don't know if you know, Alex, where that is canonically right now. If she did or did not, because it's deleted scenes, it's just stuff that J.J. Abrams has said in interviews. I don't know if it counts that she is supposed to have ever gone back to the Resistance base. I would guess no, just because it wasn't even mentioned in the Force Awakens novelization, Mm. uh, and it wasn't included in deleted scenes on any of the home Mm. releases. So I would assume that she just kind of went straight to that union dispute okay yeah. so what do you like that that says about her character that we had this window where star wars fans we were led to believe even though it's not canonical that mm-hmm. she went back her castle was destroyed she's the one who lectured ray and han and finn about not walking away and getting into the fight right and then we had this window where we imagined she went to the resistance base and probably gave leia some great advice and now she's just like Nah, I got a I got a problem with my other uh, KFC, my yeah. space KFC that I got to go deal with. Uh, that that makes her a very different character. Yeah, yeah. To think of it in those terms might dig the grievance a little deeper, but I, I like it because I, I can I can crawl into Ma, uh, Maz's headspace a little bit. Like she's been around for so long, she's. Uh, you know the Sith, and she's seen all these evils, and she's probably fought in her own way. We this union dispute could be something that's a, a f- part of the fight. Could be some on a small level. Maybe it's a uh, first. Maybe the First Order is taking over a planet already, or you know, remember martial law has uh, oh, started yeah, to happen. Yeah. Maybe that union dispute is a cute way to say the First Order is coming on in and trying to take this staff, Ooh. and we're fighting back. So maybe there is, as, as Molly suggested with the early grievance, a story to tell. Yeah, look at you, self-counseling. Uh, <laughs> Alex, do you have any other counseling on uh, what this means for Maz's character, what this means for uh, her adventures in the galaxy? I was going to say exactly what Ken just said. He, he got there himself. <laughs> he he doesn't need me. <laughs> I need you. <laughs> I think it could mean she may pop up in nine and be like, hey, guys, I like got this group of people to come help us. Like she could come mm. and save the day with something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm liking the character that is developing based on our discussion that, yeah. uh, you know, she wasn't to our knowledge in any stories. We know uh, like a hardcore. I am a member of the Rebel Alliance. Mm-hmm. So this starts to make her this interesting character where she's this pirate queen. She's like, I'm wise. Come to me for advice. And she's always giving the advice. You should face your fears and go join the battle. Me? No. I have businesses to run. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to do that. If, if that, that's a more interesting character that's a little bit, has a little bit of a fun hypocrisy. Like, I think a pirate queen probably should. And I think Molly, to your point, sets up a great entrance of like, I don't normally get super involved myself. I'm more yeah. of an advice giver. She reminds me of I a guess. more helpful Yoda. More yeah. helpful Yoda. <laughs> more active. More, more active. active more she help. is way more spry for being older than he is. Yeah, more helpful. Without, yeah, without the force. Here, here's this lightsaber. Take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anybody okay. Anybody want it? Finn, you take it. <laughs> Finn, somebody. Ray should take it. But Ray Ray ran away. You, all right, Finn, she's, you take it. She's all just right. handing that lightsaber out willy-nilly, isn't she? She's like, you've got a weapon, Finn. Ray, yeah. it's yours. And then in the trailer is the one hand, handing it to Leia, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when the scenes of what you're talking about, Joseph. So, yeah. 
Uh, interesting character. A lot of stories to tell with Maz. I yeah. do like the character. That, the, and the whole lightsaber thing. Maybe she's got another castle where she's got some item that she thinks is important Ooh, yeah. to the and, battle. And I love, mm. Molly, what you've said here. Like, in Nine, you know, we want Lando to come back with his help. We, hopefully with Shriv. We want, uh, mm. you know, some other people to show up. Wedge. Wedge yeah. is a great example. So maybe General Crix Maydeen. I'm oh, still yeah. alive in my brain. <laughs> you holding on to that? I'm holding on to it. Uh, you know, Mon Mothma. I don't know. But yeah, maybe Maz returns and goes, I got a group of pirate smugglers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Infus Ness the Twelfth is here with me. Well, how about if it was like Crix Dating, and it was like <laughs> eh, it's like Crix Dating except for a new typo based character. I, you know what? You talk about that. I, I, you know, we did the uh, in memoriam for Moff Jer Gerard on Spotlight Star Wars last week, and in doing, you know, it's one of my favorite characters. But I did some up, updated research. I didn't know. I'm sure Star Wars Explains over here knows that you know his offspring and uh, his grandkids. One of them is part of the resistance. Oh, wow. The Gerard family name goes on, and it's like Joe Jer Gerard or something. Little Joey <laughs> Jojo. It is a very human name. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Jer Gerard. Yeah. Huh? It's a little Joey Jojo is uh, fighting for the resistance because <laughs> his parents fought for the First Order, like Joe, like made the transition okay. following in Tion Jer Gerard's footsteps. So, uh, you know, uh, Crix Maydeen's second cousin or something oh, yeah, like that could work yeah. for me. And Maz can, Yeah, Maz can recruit him. Nice, nice. I like that a lot. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. All right. Well, I'm going to have this, uh, this question from uh, a listener, a grievance that has been sent in. And I definitely want a lot of opinions on this one because I think it is a, a big question in the Star Wars universe right now. It comes to us from at Bitter Mr. Tweeter. <laughs> which I think Great is a start. very, very honest name because a lot of people are bitter on Twitter and <laughs> Bitter Mr. Tweeter is like, I'm owning it. It's great. You know what you're getting from me. Yeah. Uh, and at Bitter Mr. Tweeter says, need some Star Wars counseling related to my general lack of excitement for prequelitis in Star Wars. I really like The Last Jedi much better than The Force Awakens, but I just am not that excited by Solo. And to hear that there is a Boba Fett film coming as well in Tarot Bang, I want to see something new. So I feel like this question of prequelitis has been popping up a lot. I think it is one of the many uh, chinks in Solo's box office armor that's, mm-hmm. that you know pretty big Star Wars fans are like, I don't want to see anything that's prequel-ish. Uh, and I think it's a really interesting question. So first, let's just start with um, Alex. Uh, do you feel prequelitis? Do you think it's a thing that affects you? Not specifically prequelitis, but I do want them to start getting away from the familiar, like even post Return of the Jedi. Uh, I want to get away from the Skywalker saga a little more just because I find that I'm so familiar with Star Wars Legends that the first time I see a movie, like I just... I have to see it twice because the first time I spend so much time going, oh, well, that's different from Legends. That's different from Legends. <laughs> okay. And like, instead of I should be going, oh, that's an interesting new development because it technically is, but it's like, I always have this comparison. So I hope that 
we just get some newer stories that have no Legends counterparts, so I can just right. experience something totally new. Okay, that's a great perspective of you just want don't want the Legends distraction. Mm-hmm. How about you, you, Molly? Do you have prequelitis? I do. I, I agree <laughs> with... sounds like a rude thing to ask a person. <laughs> do you have prequelitis? Do you suffer from prequelitis? <laughs> I, I agree with him. Part of it is like, okay, they came out with Force Awakens. They could have started the new Disney Star Wars with prequel stuff instead of introducing us with this new story, new characters. Like what if they started out with the Boba Fett movie? Cause mm. like people were saying like, Oh, it'd be awesome if we could get more Boba Fett or, you know, Obi-Wan like a couple of years ago. Now it's like, Oh, it's a little too late. People are, have lost interest. Mm. Are, are you saying just so I'm clear, like, so we don't start with seven, go to rogue one. Say we go to rogue one to seven or, or just not do the saga films at all yet. Just maybe wait on the saga films. Okay. Yeah. And, and that also would have given them a chance to maybe figure out how they're all going to connect. Well. I'm, I mean, I <laughs> think it would have been very interesting if they came out because we know they were working on Solo very early. What if they were like, we're doing new Star Wars movies. First one out is Han Solo. Mm-hmm. I think people would have been just so thrilled to get any new Star Wars movie that it probably would have done a lot better. Uh, and then like there's the whole. I, I kind of wish they had planned the sequel trilogy out a little bit more. It would have given them more time instead of just jumping right into it. But yeah, it would have been interesting to just see how people would have reacted to kind of some of those smaller Star Wars stories, but they are just new Star Wars movies, period. Mm-hmm. And that the excitement probably would have been there. And we're like looking forward to getting back to the sequel trilogy. We know it's coming. Yeah. That yeah. hype can build a little ramp, more. Ramp it up with people who we already know and love and then Kind of like the Avengers model. Yeah. And then start to reintroduce new stories and new char- characters. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Ken, how do you feel about uh, prequelitis? Um, I, I, I don't have it at all. In fact, I want to lay hands on Alex right now and pray for him. <laughs> um, I want to remind you, the legends gave us Dash Rendar and Yuzan Vong, and uh, we don't need them anymore, Alex. Oh, we don't I'm, need them. <laughs> I'm not holding on to legends. It's Ken is becoming the that, heel of Star Wars Council. Uh, uh, no, but, uh, but I know what you're saying. A lot of people experience, because um, even, even me, a, a casual legends reader, have some kind of like... With even with Solo, a movie I love, like all oh, right, so wait, but uh, but he saved Chewie as an Imperial officer in the past. And that's kind of what I had accepted had happened. Now here it's a little different. I like what I see now, but I could see people getting tripped up a lot. And I think that uh, the expectation factor of my expect my personal expectations don't line up with the story, and then then you end up fighting yourself over that. I think that happens to a lot. I think that's where a lot of the prequelitis comes from. If I was a doctor diagnosing it, uh, you know, I I though I I I think i want less origin stories i'm not excited about boba fett if it is picking up exactly where we last left him and we follow him as he becomes a silent bounty hunter (laughs) no i want the time period and i keep talking about this this time period between sith and new hope as being fertile ground for all these stories that i love about star wars which to me is the battle of the empire versus the rebellion now is it about the sith versus the jedi Absolutely it is. It's part of it. And I think that can drive stories outside the galaxy. But I really love this fertile ground of the oppression of the Empire, what it did to the galaxy, how it pushed down on the galaxy and created all these things. Problems with the galactic, uh, the underworld. Uh, mm-hmm. Problems uh, which th- what leads to people like Enfys Nest rising to a, peri- a, a position of, of a heroic stature. But, uh, you know, and then uh, what we get in Rogue One. 
how Cassie and Andor's family as separatists can now suddenly find themselves fighting the thing they kind of were fighting with. You know, there's all these kind of interesting kind of things. That's why I like it. And I, I don't know how to get that out to folks. I'm like staring at Alex like he was the one. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know how to get that out, Joseph. I don't know. Like, sometimes you just don't want to find out how Han got his DL-44 blaster, and I understand that. Yeah. But it's also fun to kind of get these things kind of put down on paper officially. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's a lot swirling around this uh, particular grievance. And I think prequelitis is a, a great catch-all term. I think it probably does mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Like for you, Alex, when you, you have encyclopedic knowledge of legends, and it's going to be this movie, when the first time I see it, is going to be compare-contrast. I think there are other people, uh, particularly older people who are maybe alive um, during the uh, the original trilogy, and then the prequels answered questions that they never wanted answered, and that was a, a formative experience of, how dare you tell me about me, Clarions? <laughs> yeah. I never wanted to know that. Uh, and then I think there are people who are just like, uh, Molly, a little bit to what you're saying, is like, just want fresh, yeah. just want new, just want something that I've never imagined before to maybe kind of rekindle that, like, uh, the, the feeling of the first time you see, regardless of your age, the first time you see the cantina mm-hmm. in A New Hope, regardless mm-hmm. of, you know, if you're eight right now and you saw it two years ago when you saw it, it's probably like, wow, weird. Look at all those yeah. weirdos and you want that feeling back. That look at those weirdos feeling. Um, but to me, in terms of actual counseling, I think just trying to have faith that sometimes the um, how is just as interesting as the what is a big deal to me of, yeah, we're learning more about Solo. It might be you like the story when it's the tip of the iceberg and you could imagine what the Kessel Run is and now we're explicitly being told exactly what the Kessel Run is and it's different than it was in Legends. Uh, some similarities, obviously. But to me, the, the joy is still how the story unfolds hmm. because any Star Wars fan could have written down the beats of Solo. But what makes it to me is successful movie is how it affects who Han is, how Han's characters we've known it uh, is reflected by the galaxy around him. Like I think one of the freshest things about so is what you were talking about, Ken of this is a smuggler bounty hunter movie. None of them can escape the conflict between the empire and the rebellion everywhere they turn. Everyone is motivated either by being crushed by the rebellion or somebody trying to light that spark of hope and Mm -hmm. everything in the galaxy is affected by it. And I don't think any, not anybody, I don't think that's an obvious guess that Star Wars fans would have made. Mm -hmm. I said, yep, Han's life would have been shaped utterly by being pushed back and forth by this conflict. And in fact, everyone around him is shaped by this conflict. So I, I think the the how is is nice and interesting. I think the other thing that uh, might help with counseling is for everyone for themselves to define what is a prequel. It's like obviously yeah. the Star Wars prequels are named the prequels, uh, but solo movie is um, a a prequel origin a, story a midquel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a at mid-quel. this point <laughs> a midquel might be a necessary term mm-hmm. in Star Wars mm-hmm. uh, because solo is not intended to be like. And now watch A New Hope. You can, yeah, but right. there's clearly lots of story to happen in between. And I think, is Rogue One a prequel? I think it feels like, yes, because I think when it was originally pitched or conceived as just like, hey, this is one of those fun little stories we could tell in the galaxy. I don't think at that point they imagined we're going to walk it up right to the yeah, opening right to crawl of A New Hope. Exactly. And then it became, I think it did some damage to mm-hmm. the Star Wars 
standalone the Star Wars story brand because mm-hmm. it was the first movie that was supposed to be like, hey, different characters, different thing than you expect, but also it is exactly a setup for mm-hmm. the original it's Star Wars movie. The week before. And I think because that's when I hear that term, you know, I heard you know prequel attached to Rogue One dismissively early yeah. on. I took a little offense to it. Number one, a prequelist, but two, like it's, I know what you mean and it's not the same thing. You're not going to get your, uh, you know, your, your jar jars and your mini chlorines and all those things that you don't like that you're attaching to that name and just give it a chance, give it a chance. And then it all kind of rolls in this ball. Uh, it leads to, leads to some prequelitis. Yeah. So what, if they made a solo two, which I know is a dicey proposition, but they made a solo two and Boba Fett is in it and we don't learn anything. We don't learn about how he got his knee darts. There's nothing explained to us. Mm-hmm. No, no kind of prequelitis information about Boba Fett. It's not how to he gets his bowcaster. It's just another adventure with Solo, Lando, Kira, Boba Fett. Would that feel like a prequel to you? I don't think it would. I think no. it would feel like a sequel to me at that point. I think, yeah, Solo does feel like a prequel because you're getting answers that you already kind of knew about a little bit. But yeah, I expect that solo two would be more off the beaten path and would feel like a sequel to solo rather yeah. than a prequel to <laughs> the original trilogy. <laughs> yeah. It's a very strange situation. Right, yeah. Mid quills. Mid quills. The one mid quills is where to go. Would that feel like a, would it feel like a prequel to you solo two? No, I think it would be like a sequel to solo. Cause like, <clears throat> they're headed off to Tatooine, right? In the end of Solo. So yeah. it would could be Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. Boba Fett. Like, all those guys could be in Solo 2 if there was a Solo 2. The underworld, yeah. man. We learn how Muftak yeah. and Cabe met, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they just... If it's, you know, I understand... Uh, they're going to make a Boba Fett movie. We've talked about a Force Center, and that's not exciting to us on some, a lot of levels, but... Uh, the, that hashtag underworld that uh, John Gadsden's pushing out there and the underworld show that was all those years ago, like, you know, Star Wars or, or underworld, the Star Wars story, whatever you want to call it. That would yeah. be intriguing to a lot of people, I think. A lot more intriguing. How about Obi-Wan? Do you consider an Obi-Wan standalone movie, assuming, just because this has been general guesswork, assuming that it's not just him ha- having uh, protecting moisture evaporators on Tatooine, but maybe having a confrontation with Vader even. Would that be a prequel to you? I think so. Yeah. Mm. It it would be probably closer to the prequel era anyway. Yeah. And still, yeah, I guess anything that takes place before the original trilogy and is about characters we knew in the original trilogy or events that we knew, mm. it feels like a prequel. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I would still consider it a prequel. Okay. Mm. Agreed. Yeah. And would you, going into an Obi-Wan movie, Alex and Molly, would it feel like just on the edge of your seat, fingers dug in, are they going to mess up anything in canon, right? Because especially if Obi-Wan confronts Vader, there's some stuff to imply that maybe there's a meeting we didn't see. Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan once thought as you did in Revenge of the Sith is like, for a half a second, (laughs) he thought as Luke did. So, you know, there is some suggested room, but it also feels like a a tightrope. I... I'm not too worried about it. I the the bigger thing that worries me a little bit is that I just I want to see if he were to leave Tatooine and go face Vader or what whatever. I am a little uncomfortable with him leaving Luke. It yeah. feels like that is his mission number one. So as long as he tells 
I don't know, Owen, like seriously keep an eye on him for a couple of days. Uh, like there just needs to be something where he warns everyone that he's going to do something. Uh, that I'm he traveling sure out of town. That Luke's yeah. in good hands. <laughs> he's taken care of. What if, what if he comes over and Hey, uh, Amperu, uncle Owen, come over here. Uh, I'm going to go on my break. Your waiter for the next two days is going to be Ahsoka Tano. She's going to be taking care of you. Uh, meet, uh, meet Annie Tano. Huh. Yeah, I, I've seen that one floating around yeah. the internet. I think that's a good one. I, I I like it. I'm trying to think if there's anything. That <laughs> was there, was there make anything sense. in Rebels that would go against that? I could be. I can't could think be. of anything. And I feel like I, I know Obi Wan was in the Ahsoka book. Yeah, and it was more just him meditating. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. There's His knees some hurting. Yeah. Implication of connection there, maybe that yeah. they could have reached out to each other in some way. That's some interesting. Way. But I do think this is telling, and I think this is where we're going to end up as Star Wars fans. That uh, your face lit up with excitement, Alex, about mm-hmm. the possibility of Ahsoka, and the words that came out of your mouth. Your face is excitement. Your words were, "Would that work in established canon?" Basically, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think maybe that's part of what uh, uh, prequelitis is: is that are you going to upset? the apple cart and sometimes yeah it is like i mean i love the canon i love how everything interconnects but Mm -hmm. sometimes i think it should be okay to say we're gonna change some things bear with us like if something makes you excited if you think it would be cool to see like Mm -hmm. i don't feel like they should absolutely 100 percent have to stick true to what that reference book said yeah like no, I mean, do, do what's fun. Do oh, do what's good for the story. Obi Wan movie fades in, and Obi Wan saying, "By the way, uh, Uncle Owen, I did a I did a DNA test. We're brothers." <laughs> because turns the, out that trading card was right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Return of the Jedi novel, which is very clear that that's what he says. <laughs> and like, here's a yeah. baby monitor for Luke. I'm going yeah. off planet. I like the idea that if the Obi Wan movie happens and Obi Wan and Vader meet up, whatever happens happens, and neither of them gets what they want. They just go back to being grumpy old men, and they don't have to talk about it anymore. And Obi-Wan's time in the desert hasn't been nearly as explored. No. So the the book, the great book by uh, Kenobi, by Mm -hmm. John Jackson Miller, is kind of it. Mm -hmm. And it's not even technically canon, right? Right. But my point is that from my point of view, I won't be sitting there like, oh, well, this didn't happen in Legends. And uh, I won't be comparing as much. (laughs) Like, I'll just be enjoying a new story that has never been explored. And that excites me a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. You won't be like, this is when he gets his couch for his hut. Exactly. How how dare they change exactly (laughs) when that happens. Wait a second. Yeah. uh, Alex, I think you you touched on what is uh, my actual uh, counseling. This is a fun conversation about exactly what prequels and prequelitis is. But for actual counseling... Uh, I think the uh, really concentrating on the how, I think questioning what a prequel truly means and why you don't like what a prequel is. But also, we get so set in canon, as you were just saying, Alex, and I feel like one of the huge themes of Star Wars is from a certain point of view, and there's been more and more Star Wars storytelling that explicitly has an unreliable narrator. You got Luke in the Star Wars comic reading Obi-Wan's thoughts that he wrote down. And Mm -hmm. sometimes Obi-Wan's thoughts that he wrote down about a story that Yoda told him. Uh, The Phasma novel is all about unreliable narrators. There's levels and levels of unreliable narrators. So I think that's a headcanon that you can use for uh, prequelitis things that you don't like. Mm. Did Solo really, truly happen that way? Or in your mind, is that Solo telling this story to somebody? Right. Or maybe some of the details shifted around. Or is it what somebody else heard about (laughs) Solo? 
and you still have a little bit of room to go like, maybe it happened a little different. Maybe this is the, the main beats, but maybe it's not really exactly that. I think the the unreliable narrator is a, is a is a very important observation in Star Wars because it's used intentionally sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, Obi Wan thinking Luke's the chosen one is very clearly from his point of view. Yeah, and fight and 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 fights with Yoda over that. You know, yeah, the so storybook like, opening of a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away is inviting you to say these are some stories. Maybe yeah. they're true. Yeah. Maybe they're not. You guys have any other counseling for uh, the problem of prequelitis? How do you get rid of prequelitis without an ointment? um i I think you just gotta like in my case i just need to keep on practicing letting go what came before and like i never go in with the intention of comparing them it's just something that happens because like i know i'm gonna do a video on it later anyway so (laughs) (laughs) it's just hard to sit down and do that for the first time and see the movie as purely as a fan yeah uh and for the new story that is being presented because it is a new story even if it has been treaded before but yeah yeah it's just about letting go i think oh and i think that's great counseling of like you know what you're gonna have to see that even somebody who doesn't make videos like you a hardcore star wars fan the first view is just how do i feel yeah and then the next one maybe the third one maybe the fourth one you just see it as a fan Mm -hmm. molly i yeah i i think just get used to the feeling of being grateful for new star wars content Mm, yeah just be thankful i think that's a great point like every (laughs) star wars movie especially now is a gift like that we don't deserve we'll dig into some of the guilt <laughs> issues going on there but yeah I, I think so absolutely ken yeah you must uh unlearn what you have learned you know and and go into it and, and not look at it as a, a prequel even if it's technically a prequel i do agree with alex on that theory if it's if, it, if it's about canaric characters and answers questions directly about the original trilogy yeah that's a prequel but not lock yourself into that thought uh, thought process just go in there watch it take what's from that story take what's given to you and lay it down on the track and see how it all uh files in and nicely into the new canon timeline video that alex will do next year <laughs> oh that's yeah. great you know? it's great to look at it as a part of a whole it's like getting just like a random lego yeah and like this is a part of a set and maybe you'll like it when we when we yeah. put it all together yeah. uh yeah so that's all great counseling uh we're gonna have so many mid to talk about i think yes. And uh, my my hope again is that they Disney announces Lucasfilm announces a bunch of movies, so you really have that choice of you don't want an Obi Wan movie, you don't want a Boba Fett movie. Great, there's an Old Republic movie coming. There's right. a what the hell you've never heard of this? It's the Attack of the Flower People. And you're like, what? <laughs> I don't know what that is. All right, I'll go check it out. Uh, anyway. Thank you, uh, all of you, for joining me for this episode of Star Wars Counseling. As always, listeners, if you have grievances that you would like to send in, you can do that. You can tweet at me. You tweet at Force Center. Please do use the hashtag Star Wars Counseling. That's counseling spelled with an S. Ken, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Ken Napsock across all social media platforms, including Twitch. Excellent. Uh, Molly, where can people find you specifically? Me specifically, I am at Molly Damon on Twitter and Molly Mander on Instagram. But that's usually just pictures of my cats. So. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's but a very really enjoyable fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do do some costume stuff on there sometimes, don't oh, you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cosplays whenever Dragon Con rolls around. That's true. Yeah, nice. Alex, where can people find you? Our YouTube channel is Star Wars Explained on YouTube, and our Twitter is at Star Wars Explained. 
Excellent. And speaking of finding things, you can find me on all the social medias at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my other podcast, Obsessed, all on josephscrimshaw.com. You can like Four Center on Facebook and follow us on Twitter is at Four Center Pod and buy our merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. You can also support our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash Four Center. We recently unlocked the goal of doing commentary for The Last Jedi, so that will be coming soon. Uh, now, until next time. As Han Solo once said in a moment of brutal honesty, I don't know how we're going to get out of this one, that's it for Star Wars Counseling.